Hi guys, this is Luis with Mobar. Just wanted to stop in really quick and really just say thank you for those of you who have come this far, still listening to the podcast. Um, we do plan to grow this platform a lot, lot more. We want to fuel the fire and, and start interviewing different people, have other people come in and interview us. Uh, in this very special occasion, the amazing Salud podcast um, host, which is uh, Jose Quintero and El Cesar, came out to the shop and, and we actually were featured on their podcast. And you can find that at Salute Podcast uh, on Instagram. These guys are doing amazing work. And so we were super, super lucky to be a part of that. Um, so today is actually just uh, a clip of their podcast. You can find the full episode on their link and they're, they're on everything as well, Spotify, etc. Um, but I did just want to jump in here and thank everybody for, for being here with us today. Uh, we're going to continue doing this. If you guys have any questions or, or are interested in being a part of this podcast, being interviewed, um, please, please feel free to reach out. We're constantly replying and talking to people on Instagram, via email. Um, give us a call. Call the shop. Stop by the shop. Um, the con The conversations have to keep going, guys. And we're super proud of everybody who we've worked with, who we've worked next to, alongside. The fight is going really well with Latinos, young people, entrepreneurs. We're super excited to be a part of this game, guys. Uh, but without further ado, you know, this is um, a part of the Salud podcast uh, where we, we were featured in uh, with Jose Quintero and El Cesar. Um, please, please check them out as well. Have a great one, guys. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Salud Podcast. I'm your host, Jose Quintero. Yo, el César. Oye, César, el día de hoy estamos en tu ranchito, tu rinconcito del cielo. You've been talking so highly about this coffee shop, and I swear, I'm like, a ver, pues, cuando conseguimos entrevista con estos chicos? And I'm really excited because we're here live. I guess you could say live. We're recording this shit. <laughs> in person. <laughs> in person. Uh, at... The Mobar Coffee and a ver, Coffee and Mart, because I don't I don't want to say coffee shop because it's coffee and mart porque aquí venden de todo, verdad? A little bit, yeah. We we're we're a little um what's the word? Um lost? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what the hell yeah, are we? I, I don't, know, do I don't know what we do. Uh ultimately that yeah, we're at our coffee shop. Uh we're located in the community of El Sereno. Um, and so okay. a little bit of everything, yeah. No, that's uh, that's amazing. Caesar, cuéntanos tú que vienes aquí todos los días, and you've been like, can we go to Mobar? Can we go to Mobar? I'm like, wait, pues vamos a Mobar. No, no, actually, some of my friends first introduced me. They saw it like uh, on Instagram, and they're like, hey, hit up Mobar. It's El Sereno where you live. At. I'm like, oh shit, okay, cool. And I told you, you know, I'm not a big coffee drinker. I I know nothing about coffee, so I'm probably gonna be asking all the dumb questions about <laughs> coffee. Um, so I, I decided to check it out. I'm like, man, this place is dope. It's like the ambiance, the vibes. You guys got like freaking books from local artists. It's mm -hmm. all about being progressive and shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I fuck with this, you know? And I'm like, you know what? There's more to it because I started following them and seeing that on their Instagram, they do a lot of mobile stuff mm -hmm. and they are all about the community. And then when I found out they were hosting the farmer's market, 
and they had fucking banda, and I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> that was the whole vibe. This is it. Was this a great is, day, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I was there, and I'm like, wow, this is it. La señora andaba con el perrito bailando. Dude, <laughs> yeah, did you guys see that? Yes. So I'm like, man, we need to interview the, the, these people and, like, you know, get them on and see what they're about. And, you know, really, it's all about the community here, and, and you yeah. feel it, and I love it. Yeah, right. yeah. And that's one of the things that I, we want to get in and talk with you guys. But before we do that, I want to get to know you guys a little bit more. Porque pues nosotros ya entramos al chisme, and I'm <laughs> like, the only name, and forgive me that. I remember porque it's unique as hell. Phoenix acá. Yeah. O sea, como el pájaro que revive y nunca se cae. Wait, is that like your real, real name? Sí. La pinche Phoenix. La pinche. I like it. I like it. Comenzamos contigo. Let's do it. All right. Tell us a little bit about um, yourself. How'd you get into this whole coffee business? Oh, my God. It's crazy. I, para resumirlo, eh, I reached out to Luis through Instagram. Le mandé un mensaje. Le dije, wey, uh, you know, you have a cool thing going on. I want to learn more about coffee. And he literally replied to me like that. En la noche me mandó un mensaje. Me dice, hey, tráete un galón de leche. Wow. Let's do it, man. But did you have any coffee experience prior? Like, yeah. you, you, you just wanted to learn? Pero lo básico, you know? One-on-one, uh -huh. one, uh -huh. no más. Pero no, este wey, he's, he was doing the whole thing, you know? Y cuando yo me contacté con él... Mower was going out of business. Oh, Se puso oh. bien crítica la cosa. En serio. El capo ya andaba perdiendo su sí. dominio. Dang, Honestly, I dang. love it. Oh, my God. Okay, Luis, we're going to save you for last. Because <laughs> I have a lot of questions for you, bro. I have a lot of questions for you. Pero vámonos acá con este compa que está bien calladito. A ver, di algo, pues. Let's see. Well, my name is Sid. Okay. Uh, I came into... Uh, Mobar through uh, going drive through of Jack in a Box. And I was like, what? There's a coffee shop in El Sereno? Like, there's not really coffee shops here. So really? Like, that's like, you got to go more north side, northeast LA over there in Highland Park. There's like 10 of them or more. So I was like, what? Well, it's a coffee shop. I love coffee. I, I do a lot of home brewing. And I was like, oh, I want to go check it out. And I went and just hit it off. And we just kept talking. And later, like a week later, I was... Pouring shots here at the yeah. coffee shop. Shot, 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 shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're like, yeah. let me go check it out. Pretty what much. was your first impression when you walked in here? No sé if it well, was already as decorated old, as it is. The, uh, the old shop had a little bit of everything too. It had skateboards, music stuff, like bartending things. And I was like, what? Are, okay, I thought this was the coffee shop. And I was like, I guess not, or what? Or, but he was there reading like a newspaper, just <laughs> just hanging out, like literally just typical hanging Lewis. Out. Yeah, there was nobody else in there, just me and him. And so I was like, all right, all right. And then he, I got a mocha, and that was it. And then he came back again, over and over again, until I started working here. It is all like, I want a mocha, please. But I went to Luis. You started this all. Tell us a little bit about your background. You said you're not originally from El Sereno. You're from, uh, not Downey, you're from Downey, Phoenix. Montebello, Montebello Pico, Pico Rivera. Rivera. Mm -hmm. Entonces, how'd you end up all the way over here, little old Sereno? We have family in, in Highland Park, and so we, we live in Montebello. Pico, I live in Pico Rivera, but literally, Boterana Roca, and I'm going to hit Montebello. Estamos right on the riverbed. So my school's like, um, district was still Montebello, so I went to all the Montebello schools. When we came to visit my family here in Highland Park, I personally would always like, and as soon as I was able to drive, I used to love just driving up and down Cesar Chavez, Eastern. It just felt like an escape. It felt like, like I'm, I'm in between the hills and, and yeah, it very much reminds me a lot of TJ, um, but like we're like 10 minutes from downtown LA. And so that's, that was just what I liked about this space, right? It was very 1990s LA. So it's still mm -hmm. like a time capsule. Mm -hmm. So 
in about, it was like August of 2020, we had done a few different concepts, uh, you know, trying to swerve through what was the pandemic at that time. And so when we were looking for a brick and mortar, we actually came straight to El Sereno. That was the first place we like looked. We, we parked on one side, which is up by the Big Saver, walked up and down both sides, got all the numbers to the leases, everything that was for lease, called them all and went with, with one of them. That was just, just up the street, a block from where we are now. So, um, and we, we started there. Um, and then that's when Sid and, and Ricky came in. It was really small, probably like a quarter size of what this space is now. Um, so we all grew it really fast. And before we committed to that space, um, we found this, this spot um, and made, made the switch. So now mm. we're here. But that, that, that's honestly fast forward to all the obstacles that we've been through. Howard. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that because I think before we can talk about Mobar, we have to talk about like your guys's upbringings mm -hmm. as Latino owners, as Latino entrepreneurs. Was that mindset ever, you know, bestowed upon you guys while you guys were growing up? Did you guys know you wanted to be a business owner? Was that even an option? For the most part, it wasn't necessarily an option. I was just very unemployable, <laughs> I think, for lack of a better word. Mm. Um, I, I've sat down and, and wrote out my resume, um, which would probably be like 10 pages long, because I think I counted about 15 jobs that I've had since high school so, and during high school. So, I mean, I, I knew, for one, education as it was presented to me was not my cup of tea. I knew that. Um, Getting into the workforce, I was very, very quick turnaround time. I would start a job, be really, I was very hireable. I could nail an interview like, like nobody's business. But two, three weeks in, I get super just bored, really, honestly. And then, and then on to the next thing. And, and it was never, I was never really attached to anything. I was always very, very just myself. Um, in many ways, naive, honestly. Like, I never, I didn't know how to hone the creativity until, almost a decade later, you know, so now 10 years since I've been in high school, um, I feel like I'm finally starting to like understand what I should be doing. Y yo creo que también para la audiencia que nos escucha en español, ¿verdad? Yeah. Todo lo que él dijo, eh, a mí me pasó, obviamente también como una persona latina, eh, que está bien tener muchos trabajos, está bien cagarla, está bien moverte de trabajos, cansarte de estar en un trabajo y buscar esas oportunidades. ¿Por qué? Porque quieres seguir creciendo. Yo creo que me despidieron de varios también por ser muy terca, por mm -hmm. no estar de acuerdo en reglas o dar sugerencias y no dejar crecer que no dejen crecer a la compañía y no mirar esa visión. Siempre el dueño está mirando a su bolsa mm. y no dejar crecer a sus empleados. Sí. Y yo creo que esa es la gran diferencia con Movar. And I think one of the things that you brought up, and I would like to dwell into that, and I know I'm getting a little bit more personal, but I think one of the biggest uncomfortable conversations entre la comunidad latina is the educational aspect. Mm -hmm. Did you guys go to college? Because... I, I can assume que cuando uno va creciendo, cuando uno va, you know, con sus padres bien latinos que vinieron a chingarle a este país, education is like thrown down your throat. And you're like, oh, you're going to go to college. You're going to do this. And then you realize, hey, education is not really for me. What was your guys' story relationship with higher ed? Yeah, with me, um, I went to ELAC, which mm -hmm. is not too far from here. Um, you know, I went there for, I I knew I didn't want to pursue anything in, like, a desk job or something like that. I had many jobs with, like, 
as soon as I had a desk job, I was like, no, this is not for me. I started working like I had like him, like I had many jobs, but I said, you know what? Let me work out there in the in the field anywhere, like any labor job. I wanted to do labor, be outside, be outside. And um, so I went to school for uh, photography. I loved it. I went, I actually, in high school, I, I picked up the classes there. And then after that, I went to, uh, to ELAC just to take up photography. And I was like, all right, this school is not really for me either. I don't, never really like school, so why am I in school for something? So I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it on my own. Let's see if I can make it. I was trying to do photography, trying to work. You know, I ended up having so many jobs. And then I don't know where I just, coffee was my thing after too. So photography and taking pictures of coffee, recording it, taking videos. And then I love making coffee. So as soon as I saw a coffee shop and then him also doing the mobile thing for him, like me, yeah. I like being outside. So it was always a different did, thing. At any point, did you feel like you were disappointing your parents or yeah, that? I was, I felt like I was many times, but uh, for the most part, I felt like I was doing what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I was happy. My mom was always like encouraging, but. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, she was just like, as long as you're happy, but you need to support yourself, you know? Yeah. You're going to have to somehow support yourself. And now working here, how did their shift or view towards you change? Well, my dad, um, my mom has already uh, passed away, but my dad, he loves that I'm doing what I love, and he knows that I love coffee. So he's he's happy. So, you know, I'm happy, and love, I love being here. That relationship with your father, has it grown now that you're both on managerial? It's, it has. It's funny because, like, with my dad and I, it's, like, it's always more him, like, being that manly figure. Like, he's mm. not. Affectionate? He's not the, uh, yeah, he's not affectionate. And I think because, like, he, he is sick now and he, he thinks he's going to go anytime. Wow. So he's trying to be, like, he doesn't really tell me I love you, but he'll be, like, once in a while, I'll be, like, good job. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, you're doing it. You're doing good. Nothing, nothing like, oh, the only time he tells me I love you or hug me was if I'm going on a plane or I'm going somewhere yeah. I could die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, ever, have you ever tried to just get it out of him and tell him, hey, dad, tell me you love me? I, a few months back, um, we've been arguing and talking about like just life and him and me and him were, we're clashing. And I told him, dad, I'm sorry for this, but at the end of the day, I love you and this and that. And mm. he like, just like tears and he's like i'm yeah. sorry i'm wow. sorry i'm not the best dad but i i do love you too and this yeah. and that and we just we just cried it out and then watched the dodger game right after like nothing <laughs> ever happened yeah. i think it's important though if i you know just the follow-through i think if you consistently as especially a male figure constantly tell your dad hey i love you constantly hug make it a you know a point that this is normal we're gonna normalize this situation we're gonna normalize these words i think i don't know I, I still have a hard time that's why i say it and um yeah but take advantage of the stories that your dad can, can oh yeah offer. oh yeah i love the stories <laughs> he tells me and everything so i always like to listen to him and everything he tells me where he grew up and then when he came here where he yeah he like first came here with like echo park that's where he was from like he was 21 when he first came to the united states so it was just like oh and then just tells me his stories and how he found a place to stay. That's and amazing. It's just crazy. Pero Luis, let's get to know you a little bit more. Entonces, what was your relationship with education? I always just remember parent-teacher night, right? You know, my parents would come in and, and they would always say the same thing. It was always very like, Luis is, he's so smart. He's so nice. He's such a good kid. He's always helping. 
but he doesn't do any of his work. <laughs> but so like, so no homework, no schoolwork, but he gets A's on all the tests. Like, so so that was always my love hate relationship with with school was that. I don't know if it was, like if it was laziness. In all honesty, I don't remember even like registering school for me. For me, school revolved around music, around my friends, around sports. Um, so that aspect of it, I'm very happy and very lucky that I was the youngest of of five. Mm-hmm. So my oldest sister is, I think, like 16 years older than me. And then boom, 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 boom. And then I have about a four-year gap between my, like my immediately older brother and then me. Uh, and they're all, like, less than a year apart. So I have two older brothers that are, like, 10 months apart. And then I have two older sisters that are the same. And so they all had their part, like, their their buddy, you know, their riding buddy. And so I was always very independent. And on, and on honesty, too, by the time I came around to, like, this madre, like, the only rule was, like, look, man, just stay alive. Like, don't burn yeah. the house down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I had, which I, I believe is very important that parents understand is that independence, like, can, can be a very big gift you give your kids. Um, from as little as, like, your four-year-old, like, struggling with, like, food or something mm-hmm. to, to, like, you know, like, trusting and, and stuff. So my parents were, were busy, but they were very trusting with me. They were very, like, go off. Like, I would, I would walk to school since 10 years old. I would come home. I would be out after school and... Like, obviously, no cell phones back then. So there was no, like, they were just like, all right, you're home for dinner. Like, that's it. Mm. Um, so education for me, I think I, I was, I, I would love to look back and, and know, like, the curriculum and, and know, like, what the system was. Because I feel like I just fell through the cracks, right? Public school system, especially in L.A., is super saturated, super diluted. So I think I was just, and, and it was very, like, I had, I remember distinct, like, very vividly, like, two teachers telling me, like, I'm supposed to fail you right now, but I'm going to give you a passing grade twice. And mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to graduate for that same reason. It was like, my English teacher, senior year in high school, was like, you, you didn't get, um, like, a passing grade, but I'm going to pass you. So you're going to graduate. Great, right? That's obviously awesome. But I think also a huge disservice to me so like it took me a while to really understand what work ethic meant and that I did have a good one I just I just couldn't hone it I just couldn't really understand it um and same thing there I think my parents were very okay with me jumping into the workforce right away not necessarily pursuing a college degree both my older brothers did get both bachelor's and master's degrees yeah again the rule was just like don't die dude like Mm. um throughout all this I did a lot of sports a lot of art a lot of music I always say I'm an artist first, I'm a, I'm a musician first, and then everything falls into place. So even, even when I'm here behind bar doing coffee, like, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like a compulsion. It's almost like, like a song, like, like it has to follow mm. a certain rhythm. <laughs> everything you know? in order. Yeah, boom, I just kind of adjust. and I, I we, just, we just let him be, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't get on the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and just, like, that's just the way my mind worked. And so that's all kind of helped make where we are now, right? So... And I think I'd like to touch back on the independence part of it because that's important. I feel like when you're born, when you're raised, you don't know what fear is. Yeah. Your parents instill fear in you. Exactly. Yes. Right? They do. Because yeah. for me, it's like, mom, I mean, my mom may say, hey, 
no toques la estufa porque te vas a quemar. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know that. And you mm -hmm. go with fear. Oh, shit, don't touch the stove because then you're going to get mm -hmm. burned. Yep. You know, you don't know what fear is, but your parents like, don't jump off there. Don't do this. No hagas esto, no hagas el otro. No salgas para afuera. No, no hagas esto. And we're always like, so, and now I catch myself doing that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. What if it does happen? Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah, so funny so you said that because um, we did tacos for 15 years. Wow. Y mi mamá siempre behind the grill no me dejaba hacer las cosas. Mm. Ya cuando mi mamá tiró los guantes y ya dijo, hey, sabes que ya no quiero hacer esto, I took over. And I was like, fuck, I'm capable of doing this. Like, yeah. what the hell, mom? Yeah. You know? Y eso es el, el sentido de, imagínate, si me pasó a mí, ¿cuánta generación no le ha pasado? Yeah. Yeah. Por no dejar a tus hijos, soltarlos y dejarlos brincar, fucking let them do it, yeah. dude. And, and generational trauma, I think, goes, yeah. goes into that a lot. Um, mm. We just don't know the system, and, and we're part of a systemic, a system that, that, that suppresses us and keeps us poor. That's from origin. So we work in coffee specifically, and in coffee, unfortunately, most of the coffee farmers, so we're talking about people from origin that live in El Salvador, they live in Mexico, yeah. They live in Ethiopia, Africa, all that. They're poor. And like, mm -hmm. how many of us drink coffee every day? Andale. I mentioned Mexico once. And then sí. <laughs> 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 in the background. I know. Andale. Yeah, this is El Cerenor. I love it. Glasses every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's we're part of a system that, one, we don't know. We don't know that we're the bottom part of that system. And it's a system that keeps us, you know, suppressed. Man, that guy threw me off. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I think. Yeah, I you think were going into like kind of like the ethics of it, you know, and, and how it's passed. And everybody drinks coffee. We're paying a premium price for it yep. out here. Yet these folks are getting pennies. Yeah. The fact that we have organizations, nonprofits that are called like Feed Our Farmers and stuff like that Ooh. is a joke. Like, why, why do we even have that? Yeah. Like, that's not something that should be happening. So, so why does that happen, right? So coffee is usually, you know, it's a big traded commodity. It's, I think, the second most traded commodity in the world behind oil, petroleum. Shit, did not yeah. know that. And where's all the money, right? It's a, it's a multi-billion dollar company or industry. And, like, you don't see it necessarily in the small coffee shops, and you don't see it in origin. So where is it? It's all in the middle. Like, it's all these traders and brokers and banks honestly that finance these these farms with high interest because they know that they don't know the system they just say hey get his dinero like yeah. to to run your farm so sign here now you're stuck in this contract you can Ooh. only sell to us so at the end of the at the harvest season when it's time to you know here's all the coffee that we we picked that i paid everybody for already this is how much i want the bank literally says no we're gonna pay you pennies for that And and you either you either sell it to us or you can't sell it to anybody because you're you're in contract with us. So. Dang, <laughs> I not not got to make educated. this yeah, yeah not no, to make no, no. this like that's oh, amazing that, no. because I think what happens in the coffee industry happens a lot in various other farming industries. Yep. So in general, yeah, farmers yeah. in general always that just happens. So thank you for enlightening us in that, and we're gonna touch a little bit more on that. I want to still retract a little bit and go back because. Quiero que me des un consejo. Mm -hmm. Because I want to know how was that relationship with you and your siblings? They went to university. They're older than you. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel that nagging from your older sibling? Oye, tienes que ir a la universidad. Or what the hell are you doing with your life? Or hey, you got to become somebody. You got to do something. 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I very young, though, honestly, stopped caring. 
I love my family, my parents, my brothers, my sisters. They support me. They're they're a big part of like this in general, you know, and, and we've come a long way. But um early on, yeah, it was it was a lot of uh why am I not in school? Why am I mm. not in you know, why am I not making money and, and why do I why do I always ask for money? Um and, and so yeah, it was it was it was a very interesting you know time yeah time dynamic i think with them but yeah and i think i bring it up because uh, the more i hear you speak and the more i hear your story you remind me a lot of my youngest brother i'm the oldest of three and my youngest brother since all boys all boys all boys so he's the smartest they all look the same they we all look the same right <laughs> and those three years copy paste my what's parents. the age gap so uh i am turning 30 the youngest one is turning 24 so oh. six year difference See, yeah, so he's 24, but since he was, what were you going to say? Ya dilo, sácalo de tu ronco pecho, pues. No, all right. Se la comió. No pasa nada. No pasa nada. No, but um, because you remind me in the sense that, like, I always tell my brother, I'm like, you're the smartest one of the three, but you're the laziest. Desde que estaba en high school, yeah. le, le, he told us, I don't want to go into college. I don't want to go to college. But we forced him. We got him into the university. I, like, I don't know. I don't know who I want to go talk to, but I got him into the university. He did four years. He only needed two semesters left, and he decided to drop out. Obviously, during that time frame, I was living in L.A., but it came to, you know, I grew as a person. And I came to the realization, like, hey, tú vas a hacer lo que tú quieras. Tú vas a hacer... Errores, mm -hmm. But you're going to learn from these consequences. But it took me such a long time to realize that. And right now he's going through the struggles of like finding a job, keeping a job, trying to find his own path. And I think because we suppressed him for so long that he didn't know who he was or what his identity or how what role he plays in society. Yeah. So, I mean, you were able to find that early on, which is amazing. And I'm still here on the older brother side, like... Mm hey, I want you to survive. Yeah. I want you to survive in this world, but I also need you que te pongas las pilas. Mm -hmm. So more than anything, what advice would you give me as an older <laughs> brother? Man, uh, I always, when it comes to like these kinds of questions, I, like the analogy I give is, if there was a list of people in the world that could give advice to your brother, you'd be close to the bottom. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, no, I, Unfortunately. I, know, I, I agree. Um, Fuck. I don't know, like, his current situation or anything. Yeah. All I know, and, and this is just from experience of being, like, the annoying, hard-headed, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want, little brother, is, like, 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 if you were to ask me, like, what advice would I give myself, all I would do is probably just give myself a hug. And just wow. be like, you're enough. You're, no? you're, you're going to figure it out, man. Like, and that, um, I don't like that answer, so I apologize. No, I actually do. <laughs> but I no, do. I think I think we all need it. I needed to hear that too because yeah. I'm an old. We're both older brothers. Oh, nice. I have two younger sisters. Uh -huh. uh, the youngest one, there's a gap of nine years, and same thing with her. Like my parents push education up my ass, mm -hmm. you know, and because you know, hey, no, we didn't come this far to come this far, you, you know? know, like. Get your shit together. I don't want you working like we did, you know. And mm -hmm. so I went through the whole education path and whatnot. And and my middle sister did as well. My younger sister, she did not. And I was upset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I honestly was a hundred percent upset because I'm like, dude, take advantage of these opportunities that they're giving you. And one thing that I've realized lately, you know, in the past couple of years, is that 
there's different paths from point A to point Z. Mm-hmm. There's one that's been instilled in us, which is education, right? Segun, and even then, it's not even enough now in our in, in our in our world. Um, and so I was upset with her, you know. And, and mm-hmm. the more I realized, the more I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna let her do what she wants. But I hope she finds that passion. That's the yeah. biggest thing that, that it, you know, find that why. ¿Por qué crees tú? Porque todos somos. Well, él es el hermano chiquito. I'm the youngest. You're yeah. the youngest. I'm the oldest. Okay. Wow. Lo mismo. Yeah. Mi hermano el más chiquito no fue a la escuela. Yeah. Pero mira, ya le hablo, le digo, hey, ¿estás bien? Simón, okay. I think that's all it is. I, uh-huh. I still idolize my brothers. I envy the fact that, like yourself, they could do school. Um, and not, not necessarily to bring religion into this, but they're a lot more religious than I am. And I mm-hmm. envy that almost. Like, like, I wish that could have been me. Yeah. But it's just not. And so... I think, and if, you know, the consistency of, like, and I know you guys would, like, just be there. Like, yeah. just when the phone rings, like, answer it. I think the biggest thing that I'm taking from you is the hug. I think the human connection, the human contact, knowing that you're there for them emotionally more than anything mm-hmm. and emotionally available. And, um, I mean, one thing that I try to push on him and he came around to finally is therapy yeah. and he started doing it and i we're gonna have a joint therapy session together i thought a joint no <laughs> <laughs> same thing no but i mean but you're right a hug is probably all he needs mm-hmm. so thank being you for told that. like the same thing from the other people yeah. over and over again Sometimes you just need a hug. I'd be yeah. curious to know, like, how common. Th- I mean, it seems pretty fucking common. I mean, yeah. for us to be. And, and I bet you're going to throw him off. Yeah. You know, you would throw someone off. Porque yeah. después de chingar tanto, hey, wey, ve a la escuela, ve a la escuela, ve a la escuela. Que le digas, hey, wow. I'm here for you. Like, I'm going to take your guys' advice. Oh, and I know for sure my sister will be thrown off when I yeah. do that shit. So, for sure. Tomorrow, si Dios quiere, when I see them, I, I will do that to him. So, thank you for that advice. Uh, I know that that <laughs> like I am like this is why we fucking had a <laughs> <laughs>